ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان خير الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار الحمد لله we begin with the praises of Allah we glorify him we seek his help in all our affairs we ask Allah to guide us to purify us and to grant us success in this life and the next welcome back today is the final day the the penultimate day rather um again housekeeping rules i have to uh, advise the brothers and sisters to inshallah switch off their mobile phones and also if there are people present in this hall with uh, children because we are making the master copy of all the lectures from this hall we need as little disturbance as possible to make the copies of cd and dvd and so on as noise free background noise free as possible so we do need your cooperation if you have children or babies who are liable to cry or begins to cry you need to cooperate for the better of everyone welfare of everyone inshallah and perhaps go to another location or arrange with someone else to look after your children inshallah otherwise the old recordings get slightly marred the second thing is i've been tasked to also um, remind the brothers and sisters that they might there might be some of you who did not uh, register because you could not do so lack of time or you were rushed or you had to go to some something else or perhaps the registration was closed or you might know of people who could not register and it is essential that we do have all the brothers and sisters all participants register it may sound petty to you a little bit because perhaps it seems that we're trying to recover the money but that is the aim we are trying to recover the money because you might have noticed the whole event costs a lot of funds 100000 pounds in the order of 100000 pounds and everything is supported by the fees and the voluntary donations and we are all volunteers so we need to recover the funds otherwise we can't pay the bills and then we get in trouble and things become sour with the university and the university has been wonderful in cooperation cooperating with us and that means we also need you to cooperate in wearing your badges unfortunately nobody's going to come and tell you off for not wearing a badge but if you do wear your badge it shows that you have registered and your friends have done so as well so with that with a further ado i'm going to now introduce uh, well, the, the the talk <coughs> unity of mankind on the brotherhood of islam and sheikh abdul al hakim quick is going to deliver that talk for about 45 minutes to 50 minutes any remaining time left over after that we will use for q and a and as usual if we can't and we won't be able to answer all q and a we will have to defer that till tonight when the final session at 10:30 is reserved for q and a until as long as people want and the speakers can cope with we may carry on till about 3 in the morning it's up to you so we are going to do that for tonight inshallah so without further ado alhamdulillah shaykh abdul hakim quick on unity of mankind on the brotherhood of islam jazakumullah khairan bismillahir rahmanir rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wal aqibatu lil muttaqin wala udwana illa ala zalimin wa ashhadu an la ilaha illa allah wahdahu la sharika la wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man da'a bi da'watihi wa istanna bi sunnatihi ila yawmiddin wa sallam tasliman kathira amma ba'd All praises are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds. And surely the best reward is for those who have taqwa. And surely there is no animosity except for the oppressor. And I bear witness that Allah is one and has no partners. And that Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, is his servant and his last messenger. And may Allah always and constantly send peace and blessings to Muhammad and to his family and his companions. and all those who call to his way and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment 
As to what follows, I begin with the greeting words of Paradise. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. <clears throat> and I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would bless uh, this gathering and would forgive us uh, for our shortcomings and give us that ability uh, to speak to each other not only from the mind but to speak from the heart. And it is such a blessing uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are Muslim and every day when we wake up and we look at this world, we need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and over again. Alhamdulillah, that Allah has helped us to be Muslim. Many of us were totally astray, totally off the path in other ways of life, and Allah guided us uh, to the light of this deen. Others were born in Muslim families and never really understood <clears throat> the message of Islam until they were 20 years old or 30 years old and then Allah blessed them with that feeling to uh, hold tight to the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet peace and blessings be upon him and so we need to thank Allah because this guidance that we have this Quran and the sunnah is light in the times of darkness. It is the roadmap for us. It is our system, our divine system, which is above all man-made systems. And Allah tells us, A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim Ya ayyuhal ladheena amunu taqullaha wa kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. Allah tells us in His glorious book in Surah At-Tawbah, in verse 119, O you who believe, have the consciousness of Allah, and be with the truthful. Kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. And as-sidq is the truthfulness, being trustworthy, not only in words, but in actions. That faith is something that we say, it is al-qawlu bil-lisan, that we say it with our tongues, at-tasdiq bil-qalb, and we confirm it with our hearts, wal-amal bil-jawarih. And that it interprets itself uh, in our practices. It is not enough to say that we are Muslims. We have to confirm this. We have to practice it now. Especially in these times when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting us in the barrel of decision. And being put in the barrel of decision is not necessarily a punishment for this ummah. To be put in the barrel of decision in many parts of our history, if we analyze the position of Muslims, we find that after the pain and the suffering and after the setbacks, Allah raised up amongst our ranks those who would give us new life and would return to the sources of Islam and, and to bring those original principles alive in a relevant way in that particular time period. And so we are in one of these, what you could call purges, tamhis, this purification, this divine sunnah, sunnatullah, this way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established and has blessed us with as an ummah. And the contradictions that we are living in now are contradictions that are so great, that are so immense, that sometimes it is mind-boggling when we look at the position of Muslims, but we need to try to do this in the light of the divine message that has been revealed to us, not only for the Prophet ﷺ, but for his followers and for all those intelligent human beings to the day of resurrection. When we look at the Muslim Ummah, we find that we are over 25% of the earth's population. We find our countries on strategic positions in the world, strategic waterways, strategic mountain passes. We are some of the richest people in the world. If you were to take a look at the top 10 rich people on earth, you probably see the majority are Muslims. But at the same time, we have poverty, terrible poverty. And in some cases, you have areas where Muslims are living in great wealth, and just over the border, there are other believers who pray to the same Lord, who 
give zakat to fast in Ramadan, but yet they're starving to death. A serious contradiction. You have great armies. You could go to Muslim countries and find thousands of soldiers at arms waiting for the command of their amirs. Even modern technological equipment. But yet, we have to continue to read the news about rapings and murders in Kashmir, destruction in Eastern uh, Europe, humiliation and hypocrisy in Palestine. We have to continue to read this and now the lies and the propaganda being spread around the world concerning Islam, although we have the, the, the capability to produce a type of technology that could rival the great liars. And so when we look at the sources, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to us A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani rajeem Ya ayyuhal ladheena amunu taqullaha wal tanzu wa nafsun ma qaddamat li ghad wa taqullah Inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon wa la takunu kal ladheena nasullaha fa ansahum anfusahum Ula'ika humul fasiqoon Allah has revealed to us, O you who believe have the consciousness of Allah and let every soul look to what it has put forward for tomorrow and fear Allah. Surely Allah is well aware of all that you do. And be not as those who forgot Allah, and so He made them forget themselves. Surely they are the disobedient ones. They forgot Allah. They forgot the commandments. They forgot this beautiful Qur'an that was revealed to them. They forgot the sunnah and the example of the last messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, shining in front of their eyes. And so the wealth that they had did not feed their poor. The military strength that they had did not come to the rescue of the needy and the weak. A state of ghafla, a state of nishyan. And now a beast is looming in front of us. A modern emporium. An empire of the size that no record in history has recorded similar to it. But if we go back in time, we find that there were empires, there were leaders, who to a certain extent, in proportion, could rival and even outmatch the present day. They didn't have as many soldiers. They didn't have such terrible weapons, but their power was immense. And in the time of Fir'aun, in the time of Fir'aun, he had irresistible power over his people. He had a terrible military force. But also the Fir'aun had the power of illusion. The power to create false images. To have his Sahara throw their, st their sta staffs, to turn them into snakes. But the Fir'aun feared from amongst Beni Israel. He feared that, that somebody would come amongst their ranks who would supersede him. And his fault was, one of his great faults, this Pharaonic dynasty, is when they considered themselves to be gods on earth. When they put themselves in the position of God, when the Fir'aun wanted to have that divine worship, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought them low and destroyed them from history. But if you reflect in the time of the Fir'aun, when the people came to him and they complained about Musa alayhi salam, and they said, what will you do with him? And so he said, and it is enshrined in Surah Al-A'raf, سَنُقَتِّلُ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ وَنَسْتَحْيِي نِسَاءَهُمْ وَإِنَّا فَوْكَهُمْ قَاهِرُونَ we will kill their young men and keep the women alive. For surely we have irresistible power over them. And so you see a parallel today. Kill the young men. Destroy the leadership, especially amongst the men. Put them in prison. Shoot them in their knees like they do in Palestine. Put something in the water. Destroy them with false concepts of superiority.
but keep the women alive, control the sexuality of the women, control the society through the cosmetics, through the, the, the false consumerism, and through the other false material concepts. But Musa salam, when it came to Musa, when this came to him, he returned to his people, Qala Musa li qawmihi, Ista'inu billahi wasbiru, Inna al-arda lillahi, Yurithuha min yasha'u min ibadi, Wal-aqibatu lil-muttaqeen. Musa salam answered and said to his people, Ista'inu billahi wasbiru. Seek your help from Allah and have patience. This earth belongs to Allah. And He will give it to whom He pleases from His worshippers, His slaves. And the best reward, the true victory in the end, is not military numbers. It is not weapons of mass destruction. But the true victory is for those who have taqwa. Those who have the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Musa salam set this trend. And we see it on the lips of all of the Anbiya. And we see the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam bringing it all together for us in a way that is valid and could be used by people in all nations. But the shaitan will iyadu billah. The opposite of this, who fights for the opposite of this, knows very well that the true victory is taqwa. That the true victory for the Muslims is to really have the consciousness of Allah. He knows this. May Allah protect us from his plots. And so we see a sophistication happening today, a sophistication rivaling the technology. A sophistication, a silent war being fought against the Muslims. And we need to be aware of what is going on. Musa salam spoke about the internal Muslim. He did not talk about the numbers on the outside. He talked about taqwa, the inside. The great scholars of Islam looked at this and looked at the opposites. <clears throat> and they found that the opposite of taqwa that taqwa we see is al-khawf wa raja. It is a combination of fear and hope. And fear and hope stimulate you. Stimulate you to go forward. But the opposite of this, anything which does not stimulate you, which keeps you stuck, which confuses you, and makes you stagnated, is ghurur. It is deception. And of the great scholars, there are, there are those who looked at ghurur and defined it for us and, and told us, كُلُّ مَا يُغُرُّ insan مِنْ مَال وَجَاه وَشَهْوَ وَشَيْطَانِ Anything that can deceive a person from his wealth, his position, his desires, or the shaitan himself, وَالْعِيَاذُ billah. And so ghurur, this concept of deception, is an important concept that we need to look into. And when we are approaching many of the issues facing our ummah today, we need to look sometimes at the opposite. To deconstruct what is happening and then reconstruct. And so when we deconstruct unity, why are we not united? Why are we not brothers and sisters? Why are there so many jamaats? Why are people fighting against each other? Why are people saying Quran and Sunnah? And you can go to so many societies and they say, I am the Sunnah society. I am the Quranic society. I am following Quran and Sunnah. And hating another Muslim. Destroying another Muslim. What is happening? We need to deconstruct this. And one of the aspects of this phenomena that is happening in the Muslim world, this fitna that we are in, has happened before in the Muslim world. It is nothing new. And you go into the, the books of the great scholars of Islam, especially when they start to look at the internal Muslim, you will find a discussion about ghurur. And ghurur can be defined in many ways. We can look at it as a uh, delusion. It is also an illusion. An illusion. The person thinks they're right. 
And they're running toward wrong. And so, when we look at this term, you find that there is ghuror in many different aspects of life. There is a form of ghuror that comes to people in material life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has revealed to us, وَمَا الْحَيَاةِ dunya إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُوَ That the life of this world is nothing but material deception. I can recall um, some time back, and you see it happening constantly, but there was one time in particular, I remember in Canada that this family won the lotto. They put their, their belief in the lottery system and they won. And they had millions of dollars in their possession. And then they brought the father and the daughter on television and the man said, may God help us. He had some wisdom. He said, may God help us. The next day, they wanted to marry his daughter. They wanted to move next to them. They wanted to go into business with him. And so he had to hide and go underground and to hide himself and his family because he had the money. So the money that was supposed to liberate him put him in prison. It's a material deception. So the great wealth that he thought he had that would liberate him actually was the sign of his demise. And it may have been better for him or it would have been better for him to stay with the people who have average incomes, you know, who earn their money uh, 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 by their hard work and not getting something for nothing, but earning through their hard work and their sweat and their toil, and they can live at least in peace, and they can die in peace. And we wonder many times why the Prophet ﷺ is saying he wants to be with the fuqara, with the poor people, to die with the poor people, and to be, to be raised on the day of resurrection with the poor. Why? But another form of ghuroor, and this study is a deep study, another form of ghuroor hits the Muslims directly. And that is a form where the Muslims feel um, that they are saved. And in many cases, people will start to say, well, um, my family, um, I don't have to make salat. Because we are a great family of scholars. I don't have to do that. We are, uh, some people use the term, we are Sharif. Or we are Sayyids. And we respect the family of the Prophet ﷺ. We need to respect them and protect them. But many people use this word out of context. And they say we are Sharif. And they do what they want to do. And they think that because of their family, that they are saved because way back uh, a thousand years, a Sayyid came to their village, and so everybody in the village now says he's a Sayyid. But if noble Qurayshi blood was enough to enter paradise, then Abu Lahab himself, the father of the flames, he was Hashimi. He was of the noble blood of Quraysh, and yet he is burning in the fire. And his example will be remembered until the day of resurrection. And so, deception, confusion, it can even strike the Muslims. There are even those uh, Muslims who are stricken by this. There is one who has hasanat and sayyiat. And the scholars study this part of Guru as well. He's got hasanat and sayyiat. So he gets up in the morning, makes Salat al-Fajr, and he makes istighfar 100 times. And he says, well, alhamdulillah, I made istighfar after fajr. And so I have so much hasan that he counts them on a scale. And, and he starts to say, you know, multiply thousand times this and times that. And he said, I got so many hasanat. And then the rest of the day, he backbites other Muslims. He scandalizes the leaders. He causes confusion. But he says, no, I have hasanat. So he is deceived by his hasanat. He is deceived by the good deeds and he thinks that the good deeds he has done will outweigh the evil deeds. He forgets that the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يدخل نمام, That the one who carries scandal will not enter paradise. He is deceived. He forgets the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, and he is deceived by his good deeds. This is happening amongst us. 
deceived by being part of an organization. It happened to the Christians where they start calling themselves Jehovah's Witnesses. Or they felt that because they had the cross, or they had baptism, or they paid some money and bought a section of paradise. You could even buy like an apartment in paradise. And they pay it to the priest and the bishop and he says, well, you got a four-room bedroom uh, in that part of paradise. So they buy themselves. So they think that they are saved because they have paid something in the dunya. They are deceived by the shaitan. But this deception can even get further. There are those who know what deception is. They know what deception is. But yet, at the same time, they don't practice. They could even tell you the verses and tell you the, had the hadiths, but they don't feel it applies to them. It only applies to other people. And so they are deceived even in their scholarship. They forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا That the one who is successful is the one who purifies the heart. Not قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يُزَكِّيهَا Not the one who knows that he's supposed to purify, but the one who purifies, who actually goes through the action to purify his heart, or to purify her heart. And so it even reaches that level of deception. And we are living in a time now, a time of confusion, a time where confusion makers, deceivers, are stalking the land. They have institutionalized deception. And as I said before, as we had mentioned in the previous session, that the Prophet ﷺ said an authentic hadith, يَكُونُ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ دَجَّالُونَ كَذَّبُونَ يَعْتُونَكُمْ مِنَ الْأَحَدِيثِ بِمَا لَمْ تَسْمَعُوا أَنْتُمْ وَلَا آبَاؤُكُمْ فَإِيَّاكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ لَا يُدِلُّونَكُمْ وَلَا يُفْتِنُونَكُمْ There will come near the end of time great liars. They would come liars to the point where they are like false prophets. And they will come to you with a type of speech that neither you nor your parents have ever heard of before. Beware of them. Beware that they take you astray. Beware that they put you into a fitna, into a trial, a temptation, into a confusion. And so we are in it now. We see it happening around us. Fear is being put into our hearts. And some people even are deceiving themselves, are, are, are running into strange options in order to deal with this fear. But before we, we, we finalize on this deception and look at unity, I want to satisfy or to confirm in my heart, in your heart, what is going on around us. In the past year, there have been many accusations made. There are Christians now who are not accepted by all of Christendom. But there are Christians now who are coming forward like Pat Robinson, Franklin Graham, many of the leaders in Christianity, and daily defaming Islam. And trying to say that Muslims are an antichrist. To try to say that we are out to destroy civilization, when it is based upon Islamic civilization that Western civilization actually had its renaissance. It is based upon our technology, our scientific method, our outlook on the world. That Europe was able to come out of its confusion, out of its dark ages, and then into a renaissance. We already had the renaissance. But they were able to come out of this based on Islamic concepts in science, Islamic concepts in justice, in civil society. Do not think that Muslims do not have civil society, that this began in Europe or began in Greece or in Rome. Islam institutionalized this, but yet they tried to defame Islam, tried to label us with terrorism, 
and try to blame us for acts going on all over the world without ever proving it. I remember going back to the time when the FBI building blew up. And then they said, <clears throat> it has Middle Eastern markings all over it. And they start arresting and hurting Muslims and terrorizing. And everybody was sure who it was. The experts came out, they were sure. And then, Timothy McVeigh. They found out the opposite. That it was a right-wing, homegrown extremist organization that had carried it out right, in the, right underneath their own covers. <clears throat> but they forgot about all of this. And now, trying to defame Islam, <clears throat> even to the point where there are those who have come out, syndicated columnists, have come out and said that they want to, to end the whole problem, bomb Mecca and Medina. Drop a nuclear bomb on Mecca. Well, They're talking like this now. Drop a nuclear bomb on the Kaaba. And that's it, man. You don't have to worry about any more Muslims. They can't even make Hajj anymore. Decimate the center of Islam. This kind of talk, we haven't heard anything like this since the Crusades. But I want to assure my heart and your heart. Because they can hurt us. They can put us in jail. They can terrorize us. But Islam is a different thing than Muslims. And the Prophet ﷺ has said in authentic hadith reported by Thoban, إِنَّ اللَّهَ زَوَلِيَ الْأَرْضِ فَرَأَيْتُ مَشَارِقَهَا وَمَغَارِبَهَا وَإِنَّ مُلْكَ أُمَّتِي سَيَبْلُهُ مَا زُوِيَ لِي مِنْهَا The Prophet ﷺ has said in authentic hadith, Verily Allah showed me the expanses of the earth, its east and its west. He informed me <clears throat> that my ummah, my nation, would spread over and possess all that I saw of the earth. I shall be given the two treasures, the white and the red, Byzantine Roman Empire, uh, and the Persian Empire. At that time, and the hadith continues, <clears throat> at that time I beg my Lord not to allow my ummah to be destroyed by a general catastrophe and not to be conquered by an enemy alien to themselves who would bring low their capital city and leadership. And he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has said, Ya Muhammad, إِذَا قَدَيْتُ قَدَاءً فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُرَدْ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O Muhammad, my judgment is irreversible. It is irreversible. I have decreed that your ummah will not be destroyed all at once by a general catastrophe. That it will not be conquered by an alien enemy who would bring low its capital, city, and leadership, even if all of the nations were to rally against it. But a group of your ummah will destroy the other groups and take them captive. So this hadith in Sahih Muslim, it has two parts to it. One is that we can be assured, rest assured, that no matter what earthly powers do, they will never put out the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is like a fool trying to blow out the sun, or dogs barking at the thunder. They can't put out the light of Allah. This is the creator of the heavens and the earth. This is not Muslims running in extremes, fighting each other in confusion. You're talking about now trying to extinguish the light of revelation of the very creator of the heavens and the earth who sustains us, who has created us, who has put all things that we know together in a divine order. And so rest assured that they will never put out the light of Allah. But where do we stand? The Prophet ﷺ, it was revealed to him, a group of your ummah will destroy the other groups and take them captive. So beware of this. Beware of what can happen amongst you. Deception, ghurur, illusion, deceit, confusion in the ranks. It can happen to us. And there are some who are deceived, who are students of knowledge. Students of knowledge. 
And we have seen it. And they are deceived in their very scholarship of Islam. Some of them are deceived. They spend all of their time studying Mukharaj al-Huruf. How to pronounce the letters in Tajweed. How to read the Qur'an properly. And so they spend all their time with the Makhraj. And they don't read the Tafsir. And so they can pronounce the word beautifully, but they don't read what is being uh, said in the book of Allah. And people come and they listen to the Qur'an, they say, Allah, Allah. But the very verse itself could be condemning them to hellfire. And so the Prophet ﷺ said, the time would come when people would read the Qur'an with melodious tones <clears throat> and it would not pass their throats. It would not reach their hearts. There are some who are deceived and they spend all their time studying Nahaw and Saraf. They're studying the grammar, studying poetry, studying Loga, getting deep inside of it, and they don't look at the situation out around them. They can break down the ayah for you, give you a beautiful tafsir, but how do you apply this verse to the world outside? It becomes totally irrelevant. It becomes almost like, as, as, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Jumu'ah, كَمَتَلَ الْحِمَاءَ يَحْمِلُ asfara. It's like a donkey carrying books on his back, man. That's a beautiful example. The donkey's got Bukhari on his back. Muslim. he got tafsir. But he can't read it, man. He's just moving along with the books on his back. It has no value for him. Look at that example. Beautiful example for us. Well, Deception. And we have to look at this because it has happened to people who thought they were sincere. And they made the wrong choices. They became arrogant and proud. And started to make the wrong choices. And it has happened amongst our ranks that there are those who instead of studying the usul of the deen, Instead of going into the basis of the religion, they began their religion with ilm al-khilaf. And there was a group we studied in uh, the Sahara region of uh, West Africa. There was a group in Hausa land, in northern Nigeria and the desert region. And uh, Sheikh Uthman Danfodio, rahimahullah, one of the great scholars of West Africa, he spoke about these people. And he said, you know, they had this book of Aqidah written by As-Sanusi. And, and they used to take this book of Aqidah, and they used to go around to the imams, and even the people making salat, and they would say, where is Allah? They would test their Aqidah. And if the person answered wrong, they would say, this person is not Muslim, he's kafir. They would make takfir, they would go to extremes. Instead of teaching the people, if you have something in higher philosophical Islam, then it is your duty to teach the people because the masses of the Muslim, they are the people of the Qibla. Their hearts, they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They may be confused on certain points. So instead of testing the people and putting them into a fitna and an empty hand, then teach the people what you know. Raise their level higher. So they can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand that He is above seven heavens and is not down here amongst us flowing around like the mist and smoke in the air. Show them this instead of putting them under the test. But no, there are people throughout Islamic history and it is happening to us today, instead of going into the usul, instead of thinking the best about other Muslims, they study ilm al-khilaf. The knowledge of debate. How to argue and debate and bring Dalil in order to beat down another Muslim. To smash their organization. To defeat them. And in some cases they see it as their mission in life. And they wake up in the morning and say, who can we get today? Or at the end of the day, how many did I shoot down? How many? But they don't realize what they may be doing is Namima. They may be involved in scandal because in most of the cases, did they go to that person? 
Did they sincerely give that person nasiha? Did they pray? Did they make dua for that person? Did they show sincerity to that person and try to help their brother or their sister to raise his or her level instead of launching a campaign and destroying and scandalizing that individual? And the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith reported in At-Tirmidhi, in this section of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ has reported and given us, مَا دَلَّ قَوْمٍ قَدْ بَعْدَ هُدَى إِلَّا أُوتُ الْجَدَلِ that people would not <clears throat> go astray after guidance. People would not go astray after guidance until they were given the ability to argue. Until they had argumentation. After guidance, they came into argumentation and they went astray. And so it is a form of deception. It is a form of deception. And we have to look at this. Because remember the verse, لَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ أَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ Don't be as those who forgot Allah. He will make them forget themselves. They will forget the fact that Allah has said clearly, وَاَتَّسِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا how many times have we read this? Some people have it over their doors as they attack other organizations. It's an order. Be not divided. Hold on to the rope of Allah and be not divided. Just stop there. وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنْتُمْ أَعْدَاءً فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا Remember the mercy that Allah had upon you. You were at the edge of the brink of a fire. And He brought your hearts together and made you brothers. And so believers are brothers. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةً We are supposed to be brothers and sisters, even in your own family. You will find some people, you hate him, you dislike him, but he's your brother. If it comes down to it, people will say, well, that's my family, man. I don't like him, I disagree with him, but take your hands off him. That's my brother, man. Islam is supposed to go deeper than blood. But does it go really deeper than blood? Can I love another brother? He doesn't look like me, man. He doesn't talk like me. He eats different food than me. But he's a believer. He has the kalima in his heart. Can I love that brother or that sister to the level where I would give my life for them? Think about this, man. I would give my life, not give a few pence. I would give my life for that person. I would lay down everything Allah has given for a person who's totally different than me. That is the blessing of Islam. And this is what the shaitan wants to take out of us. To keep us in a state of ghurur. What happens to us when we are in this state? Let us look at the, at the hadith so often read. Again it is Thawban radiallahu anhu. He has reported many important hadiths. That Thawban radiallahu anhu has reported. Yushiku, that the Prophet sallallahu has said. يُوشِكَ الْأُمَمُ أَن تَدَاعَ عَلَيْكُمْ كَمَا تَدَاعَ الْأَكْلَةُ إِلَىٰ قَسْأَتِهَا فَقَالَ قَائِلٌ وَمِنْ قِلَّ نَحْنُ يَوْمَائِذٍ قَالَ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ يَوْمَائِذٍ كَثِيرٌ وَلَكِنَّكُمْ غُثَاءٌ كَغُثَاءَ السَّيْلِ وَلَيَنْزَعَنَّ اللَّهُ مِنْ صُدُورِ عَدُوِكُمْ الْمَهَابَةَ مِنْكُمْ وَلَيَقْذِفَنَّ Many of us have read this verse, read this hadith, knowing it is in Abu Dawood, and it is Hassan and Sahih, that the Prophet ﷺ has reported, has informed us, the nations are about to call one another and descend upon you, just as those who are eating invite others in sharing their food. Look at it happening today. Come to the, get the Muslim world. Man. Which one do you want? Pounce on him. And we've seen it happening over and over and building up and building up. But somebody asked the messenger, 
Will it be? Will it be that because we are few in number at that time? He said, no. At that time, you will be numerous. The nations are going to pounce upon you, but you are numerous. You have large numbers. Look at the Muslims now. We're over 25% of the earth's population. We're having babies. We're having so many babies in Canada, it was mind-boggling to them. We have a small population, but everybody else is taking the pill and tying their tubes and, and, and doing all types of things. And we're growing, man, and looking in the hospital as Muslim babies, Muslim babies, Muslim babies. Numbers are coming. So this hadith, it has come to pass. There's Muslims all over the place. But what did he say? لَكِنَّكُمْ you will be like the froth or the scum carried by the torrent. Hit it one way, if the stream goes to the right, all of the froth, it goes to the right. The stream goes to the left, it has no weight. There's large numbers everywhere, thousands of people making Salatul Eid. But what happens after Eid? Thousands of them. Ghusa ka ghusa as-sail. Foam and, and, and just being sticks carried along by the torrent. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah will remove the fear of you from the hearts of your enemies. And He will place a weakness in your hearts. Then somebody asked the Messenger of Allah, what is this weakness? And He told them, Hubbid dunya wa karahiyatul mawt. You will love the dunya. You, love, you will love it and you will hate to die. You will be afraid to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we need to consider this. And, we, and when we look at the concept of izzah, look at the concept of ghutha, and look at the concept of izzah, we find out that this concept, when we talk about ghutha as sail, that ghatha, it is also confusion. And this ghathayan, uh, 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 it's like somebody who's sick, nauseated. And this is the condition uh, many cases of the Muslim world, like somebody who is nauseated, sick and confusion, you know, just before a person vomits, like they're confused and not sure which way to go. It is, it is a condition of ghafla, a condition of nisyan, that the izza would be taken out. And what is the izza? Izza is an important term. It is not might that we destroy people, we bomb buildings, we kill and destroy. That's propaganda, man. That's propaganda. That's not what Muslims are. This is not about what this religion is. But you look, you know, in Africa, you want to see Izza? You come to South Africa and we take you and we show you the lion. You go to a set of lions. One day I went to a big game reserve, open. You drive along and these lions are living outside. And so the, this vehicle comes along. When the other animals see the, see the vehicle, they all run. Man. But when the lions see it, they look at you, they sort of roll over. And they look at you. And the person in the vehicle, he said, don't look the lion in his eyes. Whatever you do, don't look him in his eyes. And the lion, you know, he's laying there. He's not a, he's not a violent, intrinsically violent he doesn't kill just because he likes to kill. But when he gets hungry, he's a predator. And everybody knows that he has the ability. So he is Aziz. He stays comfortably there and nobody bothers him. He doesn't hurt the weak. Right? He only uses his strength at the time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that he must use his strength. That is an example. That's what the Muslim world was and inshallah is returning to. But if you look at Izzah, it also means something which is valuable, something which is rare. You say Azizi, something beloved, a friend. So all these concept, concepts we have inside of the Izzah. And, and it is important for us to consider these concepts today, especially in the light and in the face of this deception that is happening because it is clear. And if you read even in the writings of uh, uh, Sheikh Ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimahullah, his Al-Wasiyyatul Kubra, 
Go into his, his last wasiyah, this great wasiyah. A legacy he has left. Even to the point in one section of this, he even said there are people in his time that were testing other people and hating other Muslims. And they said this person is a Farqandi and he is uh, uh, this group, a Suhaili or whatever it is. And because you're, he's in one group or another group, he's fighting another Muslims. He said these Muslims were never, these names were never revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if it is a name that is separating you from another Muslim, then drop the name. Allah calls us Ibadullah, Muslimin, Mu'mineen, Muhsineen. These are the concepts. There is a deception going on amongst us which has reached critical proportions. Where the army could be marching and you will see somebody, if you are in a hot war and bullets are flying and you're being killed and a Muslim comes to your side and the Muslim's going to rescue you, do you turn and say, brother, are you a Hanafi? Are you Shafi'i? Are you going to say that to him? He's a Muslim, alhamdulillah. Our religion is being stripped out of us. Our children are being destroyed. Our sites are under attack. They're lying about Islam. Calling us a nation of terror. A nation of confusion. <clears throat> when actually we are the nation of equality and justice and love. And so, <clears throat> I leave you with the direction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the time of the Prophet Yahya alayhi salam, Allah has informed him, Ya Yahya, khudul kitaba biquwa. O Yahya, take this book with strength. In the time of Bani Israel in general, Allah has revealed to him, khudu ma ataynakum biquwatin, wazkudu ma fihi. Take this book with strength and remember what is in it. Don't forget what is in it. In the time of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Allah has revealed to us, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu sabiru wa sabiru wa rabitu wa taqullaha la'allakum tuflihun. O you who believe, have patience. Have patience in what Allah has commanded. Have patience in what Allah has forbidden to us. Have patience with each other. Compete with each other in patience. وَرَابِتُ And bind yourselves together. Protect other believers at their borders. But bind yourself together. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ And have the consciousness of Allah. Fear Allah and hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never forget what Musa salam said in the face of Fir'aun. And he said to his people, "Istainu billahi wasbiru, inna al-arda lillahi yurithuha min yasha'u min ibadi wal-aqibatul muttaqin." He said to his people, "Seek your help from Allah, and have patience, have perseverance. Surely this earth belongs to Allah. He gives it to whom He pleases from His slaves, His worshippers." And the best reward ultimately is for those who have taqwa. وَالْعَقِبَةُ muttaqin. Let us look inside of ourselves so that we can hold on to the rope of Allah, obey the commandments of Allah, and be not divided with other Muslims. May Allah clear this confusion out of our hearts. And may Allah purify the hearts of the believers and give us this feeling and love of unity for other Muslims. To love the Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, the people of the Qibla. May Allah put this love into our hearts and help us to die. And then our last words would be Kalima La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. We'll have about um, 15 minutes for Q&A. Um, I think the stewards haven't managed to put the papers out yet. But in the absence of that, we're going to take questions from the floor. Brothers can raise their hands, and I will try and select, inshallah, the person to ask the question. Please. Wa alaykum as Sorry, roaming mic.
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. My question is about the zakat, and this is very hypothetical. Now, I earn 40,000 pounds per annum. I don't, but hypothetically. Now, but I also have responsibilities from London to Nigeria, and at the end of the year, I have never had a penny in savings. Yet, I earn 40,000 pounds. Is zakat obligatory upon me? Okay, this is a little bit off topic. Uh, You spoke about zakat and helping those who don't have. Yeah, I mean, zakat is on you to pay the zakat. You know, um, you you, you pay it to the people nearest around you. And, um, you know, for the details about your zakat, you can see we have, you know, some of a faqih, you know, that is here. You know, you, you need to sit with somebody, you know, to go through all of, you know, your earnings and, you know, whatnot. You know, and, and, and to really sit down with somebody and to properly, you know, you know, make your zakat. Okay, during the break time, if you come and see me, I'll take you next door, and you can sit with any one of the speakers and have a private session yeah. with him. Yeah, you know, save that for a private. Now, yeah. Wait. Can we try and keep the questions to the topic, please? It is related to the topic, uh, uh, Brotherhood of Islam. I would like to ask Sheikh quick. Uh, about Sheikh Ahmed Didad in South Africa. He's a brother of ours and he is uh, being um, ill. So I'd like you to give us uh, some news about him and um, what about what he left, you know, who came after him to take that uh, part of da'wah, inshallah, to um, make da'wah to the uh, Christians. Yeah. Well, alhamdulillah, I mean, with Ahmed Didad, you know, he is alive, hayyan yurzaq, alhamdulillah, he's still alive. And um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still blessing him even though he's completely paralyzed. And he's in a special condition where he can only move his eyes. But even in that condition, he is still inspiring other people. You know, I've actually seen, I went to him and he sees you, man. And he, he remembers who you are. And, you know, but then they have the way of moving his eyes and then they write down, you know, they say A, B, C, and he moves his eyes and they write. And after a minute, they construct a sentence. Now he's got a computer and they do it by computer. So he actually constructs the sentences by the computer. And so he had a Zulu woman who was a Christian missionary he had her with his wife to be a nurse. And, you know, she would be there. And then during the day, you know, um, she would say, well, I believe in Jesus. And then he would say through the machine, you know, turn to John uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 5, you know, whatever. You know, and so he's debating her even though he is paralyzed. Subhanallah. So Allah has given him that ni'mah. We pray that Allah would make it easy for him. Alhamdulillah, his organization is still functioning. They are still training du'at. And um, the work is being carried out, you know, by uh, other people in South Africa. So alhamdulillah, his operation is still alive. uh, And his books are still being sent to different parts of the world. One of the questions here is saying, I totally agree with you. We should concentrate on our differences. But we shouldn't concentrate on our differences. Instead, we should strengthen, uh, you uh, 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 you know, with what is common. However, if I'm correct, I believe there will be 73 sects within Islam. Despite, I very strongly believe that we are one ummah, inshallah. However, we have this mentality that we will only go to pray at certain mosques because we have certain grounds or certain issues. And, you know, is it good or is it possible to try to overcome this? <clears throat> you know, I think, it's impos- I think it's important for us when we, we are looking at this tradition, and Allah knows best there are scholars you know, who can give you details about this tradition. But from what I, have, I understand, you know, there are, you know, it is predicted that there would be these 73 sects, and we know that the one that would be saved is the one following, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the you know, ma'ana alayhi wa ashabi, that the, that the way that the one that uh, um, the Prophet ﷺ is on, that follows his way and his companions. But the problem we're facing today is there are many organizations, many groupings where people say they are following the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. And they may be following him in different ways. So how can we know, how can we say that we are the saved one? How can we completely say this? And if there is another group of Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah, right, who are basically holding on to the book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and they may differ with us in methodology, slightly in methodology, Allahu, Allahu A'lam. And I think it's important for us to begin to drop some of the petty differences. If it is something in usul, the basis of the faith, that's different. But sometimes we are differing on trivia. On trivia and personality and ego. And sometimes we are judging other Muslims without even knowing why that Muslim 
is doing what he's doing. We have a case in Cape Town. There's a place, it's like a discotheque, a rave center. And it looks like a masjid. They call it Dockside. And so there's a case even where a person is down there, you know, a, a, a scholarly person looking for, for somebody, trying to get them out of that place. And then somebody looks and they see him from a distance. I saw the sheikh at Dockside. I saw him there, man. Friday night. So the scandal goes out as though the sheikh, the imam, he's in a discotheque partying in Dockside. He's down there trying to save somebody, man. Did you ask him why he was there? But you condemned him because you saw him down there. And so this is what is happening amongst us. We have to humble ourselves and, 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 and be open with each other. Give sincere nasiha. And if people disagree with us, make dua for them. This is the way of the ulama. There are certain differences that need to be ironed out. But, but I humbly submit that it needs to be ironed out by people who have edible ikhtilaf. That people who have the etiquettes of differing. Because amongst the ulama, the great scholars, there is a methodology for even differences of opinion. And you read the great scholars of Islam, they don't have the same methodology as many of us. We hate some other Muslims, we differ, we hate, and try to destroy. Instead of honestly differing and realize there are different opinions and still making dua for another Muslim, but disagreeing. Agree to disagree within the limits of Islam. So Allah knows best, I think, you know, the call of the day is unity. But of course that unity, it does have a limit. It does have a limit. And we have to try to stay within Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah and try as best we can to be following the way of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. Now, any other verbal questions? Naam, no, brother. No. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. Wa alaikum uh, I just want to uh, ask whether if there's anything wrong, if you belong to one uh, Islamic organization or you cannot belong into another one. And when you see the group you are in putting this in, in the name of constitution and it's destroying your organization and you are powerless to do anything. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I can give you my own practical uh, experience. You know, after when I came out of uh, Medina, the Islamic University of Medina, um, after a while, I was, I was pushed into this position to be the imam of a big mosque in Toronto. There were over a thousand people in this mosque. Everybody was there. All the schools of thoughts were there. The different jamaats were there. Different nationalities are there. How are you going to deal in this situation? How are you going to make salat? Are you going to favor one organization over another? These people are Muslims, man. They pray in the masjid. And so we said, no. What is the way of the Prophet ﷺ? Pray as you have seen me pray. And so we will look at the different issues. What is the strongest position in terms of, of, of Quran and Hadith? Use Quran and Sunnah as a base. But when we become organization, if I stand up and say, this, this masjid is run by my organization, by my sheikh, by my leadership, then the people who are following their leader, their egos, they would go against you. But we said, no, we are all Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah. Okay? This is the constitution of this masjid. If you differ with another Muslim, bring your dalil, bring proof. Don't just bring that your sheikh said this, or your organization does that. And yes, if there are, if there are Muslims who focus on different aspects of Islam, we've reached a point in our history, I believe, we need to come together. There are different Muslims who focus on different aspects. If they focus on aqidah, if they focus on tarbiyah, if they focus on jihad, if they focus on tabligh, if they focus on khilafah, if they, whatever issue it is, why can't we all come together under the banner of Quran and Sunnah? And all of us should purify our aqidah. All of us should have tarbiyah and educate our families and trainers. All of us should be going out to spread this message. All of us should be struggling in the path of Allah. And all of us should expect and pray for a Khalifa to come. Any Muslim in his right mind wants the Khalifa. But do you talk about Khalifa all day and nothing else? Like nothing else exists? So this is the problem now. This, this ghurur, this deception, is making us think that what little thing we have, that's the end all of Islam. 
And if you don't follow it, it's either my way or the highway, as they say. My way is the only way. And the person sees you makes a lot deal differently. I came into this masjid, <clears throat> you know, one time I was traveling, <clears throat> and the imam was reading salat. Beautiful, man. And, you know, he, uh, <clears throat> it was a Hanafi masjid, and then he said, well, a Dali, and I said, Amin. And, I, you know, he was, I was, you know, enraptured. In, I was the only one in the masjid. <laughs> so after salat, they said, Salaam alaykum, where's that shaitan? Where is he? And they come to me like I'm a shaitan. I said, okay, brothers, get Sahih Bukhari, man. Do you know that the Sahaba read Amin so loud that the building shook? So am I doing something wrong, man? Then they realize, subhanallah. Okay, we realize that this is, there's another way to do things, man. Right? But many times it's ignorance and narrow-mindedness that's holding us in these pockets. But we need to come out. We have to be honest with each other. And there's nothing wrong with a leader. But why can't all the leaders come together in a majlis shura? As in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, you have different kinds of sahaba. They had focus on different elements of Islam. But they all come together, they're all believers, they're all brothers. وَاَتَسِمُوا بِالْحَبْلِ jami'an. All together, regardless of your organization, regardless of your nationality, regardless of your language, regardless of your school of thought, hold on all together. It's an order from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not be divided. That's a command. That's a command. No. But we have to finish now. Time has run out. We have about 10 minutes for Q&A. Um, we take a break for about 25 minutes because at quarter to 11 we start the next session, inshallah ta'ala. Quarter to 11, the next session by Dr. Mamdouh, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.